Huber in the morning. Hey, check your watch. What's up? It's time! <laughs> it's time for Weird News with Huber on 100.7 The Bay. There we go. By the way, 410584, 100.7, blowing up for those heart tickets. We're going to do that all day long. And Mini Horse will be in in a minute to uh, go through all those texts. Yeah, I'm not doing it. No. I'm like, I'm back, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just back in like a big picture way. No, Spiritually. No small picture stuff. <laughs> if it ain't big picture... I'm still sick. Yeah, thanks for looping me into that meeting that went awry yesterday. I appreciate it. That was big picture stuff that quickly yeah. became a mess. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big picture, but the picture was finger painted by toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Um, this news is not that weird, but the fact that we have to address it this way is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, smoking in cars with kids could soon be illegal in West Virginia. So it's already illegal in 11 states. This would be the 12th if West Virginia gets this passed. And it's weird to me that we have to make a law like this. It's like at some point in culture, in society, there was no law saying that you can't stab somebody. And we had to be like, stabbing somebody's pretty bad. We should make a law that people don't do that. Even though... Just your general, you know, instinct should know that that's not good. Yeah. Same with, like, I don't know, my children's lungs. Should they be filled with smoke regularly? Probably not. <laughs> but there's no law against it, so right. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, very interesting. Uh, more adults smoke cigarettes in West Virginia than in any other state. And now lawmakers want them to stop doing it. While they're driving with children, the West Virginia State Senate on Monday passed a bill that seeks to establish fines for anyone caught smoking in a vehicle where someone under the age of 16 is present. And I agree wholeheartedly on this, but I also just think, how about just when anybody else is in the vehicle, period? Yeah, I mean, unless you're in a car with other smokers. Yeah, I mean, do you have to, like, sign some sort of waiver, like... Is it cool if I smoke in here? Uh, legally, I need you to sign off on this waiver to let me know <laughs> if we get pulled over uh, that you consented to inhaling my cigarette smoke while we drive. This is a very <laughs> odd, uh, you know, law that we're attempting to pass because it touches on a lot of things. Some of I agree with and some of it I don't. Me too. Uh, the legislation lets or gets the approval of the state house and the governor. Oh, if the legislation, my apologies, if the legislation gets the approval of the state house and the governor, West Virginia will become the 12th U.S. state to have passed such a law. However, not everyone supports the bill. Republican Senator Mike Azinger says the state has no right to infringe on the freedom of parents. I mean, <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. What an absolute what idiot. Is, what a weird stance to take. Parents should be able to do whatever they want with their kids in the car who are in car seats that are regulated to the T and have to be a certain weight requirement and face a certain direction while they're a certain age and yada, yada, yada. Like, this happens all the time every day. Right. We have tons of laws. You have to be in a seatbelt. Your kid has to be in a safety seat, and it can't be expired, and it can't be facing the wrong way, and it can't be wrong for their weight. And the, but smoking, we should be allowed to do. You good back there, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> Got to be cool with the law about the car seats against the law about hotboxing your kid. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> I live this life, and my parents are 
Two of the greatest people I've ever met. And this is their one thing that they did wrong. And I've already had the talk with them. Right. Saying this is not going to happen when little Landon comes in the picture. And they were not maliciously trying to hotbox you. No. Right. But (laughs) their parents smoked. Right. And they smoked. And they're fine. And technically, quote unquote, I'm fine. Right. But the residual of what you do to a child is you're taking them to school, you hotbox them, then they smell like crap for the rest of the uh. day. I was fat, awkward, and I smelled like <laughs> Salem Light 100s, and I wonder why nobody wanted to go to a dance with me. Last uh, weekend, when I was in Baltimore for the first time in a long time doing the Band of Horses show at Baltimore Soundstage, and then uh, we stayed at the Admiral Fell Inn, we had lunch, we had or brunch the next morning, whatever. And there were people smoking outside occasionally or whatever, but I didn't think twice of it. And when I went to put that hoodie in the washing machine, yeah, it reeked. And I was like, and that was just some like passerby residual. You know what I mean? It's not like right. I was in a smoky bar all night or in a car with somebody who smoked. But it picked up that quickly into my clothes. And I was just reading this thinking about like that little bit of standing in front of a place while somebody, you know, a half a block away was smoking got on me. What is that kid sound like? It, it. I go outside to get fresh air. Right. <laughs> you know, that, it's a decision that people make for me when I'm outside. Well, it's like, well, it's in the public. I can smell that a mile away, and I don't want that outside. It, 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 smoking is a very weird thing. It's like drinking. If it didn't exist before the year 2024 and you brought it to the table, you'd be like, Hey, here's tobacco, which does have health properties, but we're going to jam it with like 50-odd chemicals, (laughs) and then it's going to give people cancer, and then you're going to get secondhand smoke, give unfiltered Marlboro Light to your kid. None of that's getting passed today, but there's too much money in it, so we're not going to stop. That's always the answer is follow the dollar. Here's a quote at the end of this that just is so idiotic. Quote, the arguments for this bill are essentially emotional arguments. This is a cut at the fundamental rights of parents making a decision over their children in their vehicle. This is a state going where it has no business going. So heaven forbid we regulate whether you can or can't smoke in the vehicle that we force you to register. We force you to get some sort of a license to drive. We force you to check the emissions it puts out into the air. We force you to wear a seatbelt while driving. We force you how fast or slow you can go in it. But this is where we're drawing the line. (laughs) And and I completely get it. Nobody wants to be pulled over at this point for this particular infraction when there are worse things going on. Right. But if you're... Deciding to make that poor of a decision with a child in the car, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, by the way, you can't drink or do drugs before you drive this thing either. That's another thing we're totally accepted the regulation of. But this is where we draw the line. (laughs) Would you let your child smoke? Right. Would you light one up for them? At least it's got a filter. Have a law for that. They can't do that till there. Was it 21 now or is it still 18? I I don't know. I believe it's closer to 21 now. So we have a law about that. Uh, Right. (laughs) And we're cool with that one. But this is where we draw the line. Parents should be able to hotbox their kids if they want to. I didn't get to tell you. uh, I don't think my mom's up. Uh, She'll she'll listen to this tomorrow morning and I'll get yelled at. Right. Um, She's been advised by her doctors to like cut back the smoking by like all of it right and she got in her head like i could smoke a little bit right (laughs) 
and she's close to retirement. And I'm not going to press the issue because I know it's a stressful time. But after retirement, we're going to have a very serious conversation. Super Bowl party. There was a lot more Sam White smoke uh, in that house than I you- remember in the last couple of months. <laughs> so I want to know what the doctor said. You're thinking a little bit's turning a little bit more into a little bit lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was I was telling my wife on the way home. I was like, I'm going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation with my mother. Yeah. Because we were doing good. They were doing great, and now they're off the wagon, uh-huh. and now we got to get back on the wagon. You like, know? Look. The o- uh, Oregon Trail style, and if we, <laughs> <laughs> and we die of rickets, that's Sedentary, what happens. Right. Good morning, and uh, morning. welcome back. We're glad to have you back amongst the living. Um, Miles did a lot of extra work while you were gone. He was a little mad. Of course. You hear that? Oh, he's a little mad. Mm-hmm. I'm a little mad. <laughs> well, let's all get mad together at the radio sensation. Sweet! In the nation. It's Huber in the mornings on this day on 100.7 The Bay. Why, it sure is. <laughs> It's brand new, this radio <laughs> sensation. It's brought to you by Bayline X, located on Dover Road in Glen Burnie. You can head on over to BaylineX.com. Bayline X is where the professionals go. Bubby! Call him. Give him a shout. Um, it is time. We're going to take a deep dive into this Valentine's Day throughout the annals of history. February the 14th. And a lot of things happen on Valentine's Day throughout history. End up combs the universe and finds them. We listen to clips. We reminisce. We try to guess the year. You play along. 410-584-1007. And we just get them right all the time now because I just crowdsource every answer. These nuts on the text board are uh-huh. absolutely killing on this day. <laughs> and they are the stars of the show at this point. That's they are. I'm merely just a vehicle for their brilliance. I can read text. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so here we go. Am I reading first or? Uh, uh, yeah, read and then we got a clip and then we'll play the band. And talk how about did it. I not know this was coming? You didn't tell me we were doing this. That's crazy because I sent the prep yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You're too busy putting on cologne <laughs> to get ready for a divorce dad's night out. <laughs> okay. The first film in the series, uh, this is about our friends in Wayne's World, by the way. The first film in the series finds Wayne and Garth taking their public access TV show to commercial television. The film originated from a Saturday Night Live sketch, Wayne's World, hits the big screen. And we have our clip here. How did you even pick a clip? There's so many. The opening one's so good. All right, here we go. My name is Wayne Campbell. I live in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. I've had plenty of Joe jobs. Nothing I'd call a career. Let me put it this way. I have an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. Okay, I still live with my parents, which I admit is both bogus and sad. But at least I've got an amazing cable access show. And I still know how to party. But what I'd really love is to do Wayne's World for a living. It might happen. Sure. Sure. Monkeys might fly out of my butt. <laughs> So you don't even understand the impact that this film had on my life. Tell me about it. Um, a, I can probably do most of it verbatim. I still to this day say things like, and you know what's worst of all? I never learned to read. Things like that, that are even deep cut quotes from the film. It was uh, our mutual friend that, that you know from the TV station. Oh, really? He and I saw this in the theater. And it was the first time I've ever seen a movie in the theater twice. Really? I liked it that much. But 
and also used to go to this place. It was called Balsers back then, Balsers or something. And we went and got all this candy and snuck it in, like the five cent, like lemon heads and all that like, <laughs> cheap uh, penny candy, I guess. But anyway, we go to the theater and we're all hepped up on candy, sugar high, you know? Yeah. And I'm sitting there and just cutting up, just making fun of everything in the room and people and this and that. And I realize the people in front of me are laughing at me. Not at me, but with me, at my jokes. And it was like a monumental occasion in my life where I was like, wait, I can do this and make strangers laugh. And uh, here we are. Vivid memory. <laughs> and here we are now. <laughs> Figured out a way to do that every day. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> but it was, I'm telling you, it was sitting in the movie theater. And the sad part is I can't remember which theater it was. I have a feeling it was like Campus Hills, I don't, which I don't think is there anymore. I don't know. It was. I can't remember what theater it was. I wonder if uh, he would remember. I'd have to ask. But um, Double initial. If you're listening, please text in. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the film. I really do. I mean, I loved the sketch. I told you I used to tape with a VHS Saturday Night Live every Saturday. I used to do sketches like and film them. And like it was all I wanted to do. I loved it so much. And Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were just perfection together. And um, Dana, Lo- go ahead. Loved it that much that you taped over Cinemax. That's right. <laughs> um, Mike you- Myers' greatest <laughs> character? From Saturday Night Live? I mean, Austin Powers is pretty great, but I think that's the one. It was so relatable, yeah. and, but also poking fun at the same time. You know what I mean? It, um, if you do this movie now, doesn't hit. I don't think so either. Like, it, we were coming out of hair metal yeah. and starting to get into grunge, and he was kind of a cool mixture, him and Garth, of yeah. both. It was just perfect timing for a movie like this. It totally was. And, I mean, think about how that film impacted just everyday speech. Like, everybody said, not, or excellent, you know what I mean? For, like, years. It just became part of uh, every friends groups, at least guy friends groups. If you're gonna spew, spew into this. And, I mean, Queen had a monster resurgence because of that. Like, yeah, it was huge. It was a really impactful film. Um, and downright funny, and dare I say, sequel equally as good. Yeah, which is rare. Stand up to the test of time. Yeah, Garth has a bigger role in two, and I think that was the perfect thing to do yeah. because it was a lot of Wayne, Wayne in the yeah. first one, and then they gave Garth all those awesome one-liners in the second one. I mean, I'm just sitting here like replaying it in my brain when they're like, "We don't sell out to sponsors," and he's in like the full Reebok gear, and they're like saying. Uh, you know, drinking Pepsi, it's my choice and the choice of a new generation. Like, making fun of so much stuff. To this day, I still say, look, we're in Delaware. <laughs> and then in Wayne's World 2, Garth has all the great lines. He's, I can't remember the model that he's Oh, in. yeah. Is it, it Kim Basinger? I believe so. Yeah. And she goes, take me, Garth. He goes, where? where? I'm out of gas and you don't have a jacket. <laughs> so good. Um, 410 a lot of uh, agreement with me. I wasn't sure if it was 9-1 or 9-2, but everybody's saying 9-2, and I don't want to be wrong on this, so I am going to crowdsource and uh, give you, Miles. Year of our Lord. Honest day. 1992. It is 1992. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. correct. That's 
fat jack. All right, then. Nice. Time for part two of the radio sensation. Sweet! the nation, you know it as. And we are going to take a deep dive into... Vince no. Neil. Oh, that's from Wayne's World. This one. Here we go. My bad. I didn't even see that in there for Wayne's World. They're color-coded. <laughs> I know. You did everything right. I'm just dumb. I'm that dumb. You'll learn. <sighs> I get high, get high on speed. <laughs> Vince Neil has lived an incredibly interesting life. That's one way to put it. Yeah. I have a feeling one day I'm going to come in to this program. Say, hey, dude, you ready to have a good show today? And you're going to look at me and go, race car driving has become a priority in my life. <laughs> Just like Neil said one day to his friends in Motley Crow. Read the story. I got a lot to unpack here. Lead singer Vince Neil, who had been pursuing IndyCar racing, is booted from Motley Crow. He gone. Quote, race car driving has become a priority in Neil's life, the band's management says in a statement. Quote, his bandmates felt he didn't share their determination and passion for the music. Vince Neil phoning it in. I will not have this slander on these airwaves of Vince Neil phoning anything in. In response to the statement, Vince said, Something about Vince Neil and race cars doesn't mix. So Frankie Munez yeah. from Malcolm in the Middle is going to be making his NASCAR debut. Oh, really? Trying to get into Daytona. That's wild. Once again, doesn't make any sense. It's no. like Angela Lansbury doing the <laughs> pole dancing workout classes. <laughs> like, cool, good on you, but it doesn't make any sense. Man, oh, man. Vince... Do you think when he got in the Indy car, they had to hand him, like, a seatbelt extension? <laughs> but you remember. No, he was skinny then. I mean, Colleen Carew, for his birthday last week, oh, posted yeah, a that picture. Photo. Dude was hot he back was. in the day. He was a great-looking dude. Now he looks like vanilla ice cream melting. He literally looks like me in a Halloween costume pretending to be him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that I thought it was going to be. Right. Woo! I just pictured it as I was saying it. You get rid of the beard. You could be a chubby version of David Lee Roth yeah. or a skinny version of Vince Neil. Skibbity bop. <laughs> um, Instead I, of the car going by near, <laughs> was it meow? <laughs> I just, I, you know, this whole thing with this band, there's a lot of things I don't love about Motley Crue. I just, Nikki Six annoys me. The tumultuous relationship with Vince annoys me. Talking about the passion for the music. Every one of their songs is about trying to get chicks or <laughs> drive fast or get high. Like, the passion for the music. They're creating sweets, you know what I mean? Dr. Feelgood was a real passion yeah. project for us. It's a concept album up there with The Wall and Operation Mindcrime. <laughs> So he did return in 1997, so context clues. Yeah, so it's got to be prior to that. And I'm just putting together in my head, they had to be struggling in the years of 91, 92 to like 94, 95, because grunge just steamrolled their entire genre. Yeah, it was probably not a terrible thing that they had to take a break. Yeah. 
Because yes. had they been pumping out music, it would have fallen on deaf ears anyway. They would have went the Skid Row route where they released that album, what, in 89, right as grunge was starting to take off. And it was a great album, but then they felt like they had to go super heavy with right. Slave to the Grind, and it just ruined their career. Yeah. And Motley Crue would have died the same death. That was like their Chris Gaines album. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I know you said we got to be quick. I was about to take a whole other diatribe, but I'll just pump the brakes and give you a year. Um, 410-584-100.7. Sarah from Mount Airy. Patty from Relay. They're telling me you may have doubled up on us today. Did I? I don't know, but I'm going to go with them. You're my lord. Shut up. Are you kidding me? You cut it off at the very end. It's the best meow, part meow, of the song. Meow, meow. I hope you get this wrong. It is 1992. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. That's the fact, Jeff. It's a trap. Uh, can you do me a huge favor? What? Seriously. What? What do you need? I want you to have to and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Randy Watson. Yes. <laughs> It is not nice to be a tease on Valentine's Day. How dare you cut it off at the very end and kickstart my heart. It's a trap! We promised it. It's time to dig in. You know what I mean? The big hard-hitting topics. The big questions. Zip. Well, first of all, are we going to call them Zip Top Bags, as Elton Brown does on his show, to not give the Zip Lock brand any love? Or are we going to just call them what everybody calls them? I have no idea what you said to me. We're going to call them Ziplocs. It's just like calling a copy machine a Xerox or a soda a Coke. Sometimes brands get so associated with a product that that's what you call them. But they are actually zip top bags. I'm so mad at you right now. Why? <laughs> I, I would think you'd hate that, that somebody called a product by its brand name instead of by its actual name. No, it's a Ziploc. It's a Ziploc bag. All bags are Ziploc bags. I don't care. I mean, it's like, do you call this a Heil or do you call it a microphone? I'm just calling out you're crazy right now. I, because typically this is something you'd hate. It's called what it's called. I don't care what some company calls it. It's called what it's called. And here you're just ready to tow the company line. You're ready to cash checks from the Ziploc Corporation. Between you and Minnie Horse, I am bummed I came back in this morning. <laughs> I was just trying to Read the story. I was just now trying to I'm stir you up. There we go. I hope you have a terrible Valentine's Day. Mission I'm, accomplished. I hope Mrs. Huber puts it on lockdown. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we got him stirred up. All right, here we go. Zip top bags are expensive for both your wallet and the environment. And there are hacks about how you should clean and reuse them online. But is it more trouble than it's worth? Well, not really. Even the Ziploc company says you should reuse your Ziploc bags. The rep says each bag should be reused several times because, quote, Ziploc brand bags are made with high quality, reliable, recyclable materials that are strong enough to be used again, end quote. They recommend hand washing them with soap and water and then air drying them. Do you have your Ziploc bag rack? In your kitchen where you're clothes pinning them <laughs> to a little line to hang and, and air dry. So, 
I did not know this. Before my grandmother passed away, we started spending a lot more time at her house. And I just started seeing these zip top bags, because that's what we're going to call them, because I hate you. <laughs> around. Yeah. Open, but nothing in them. I'm like, Grams, what's going on with this? She's like, oh, I wash them. I reuse them. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. Nor that my grandmother's been cross-contaminated in these <laughs> bags. I agree with you there. Like, if you put a sandwich in it, and you come home and you're cleaning out your lunch bag, and it's like just one crumb in the bottom, and you're gonna just have another peanut butter and jelly sandwich the next day. I guess I'm cool with that. Yeah, of course. But if you freeze chicken in the thing, I'm probably not gonna reuse it. Now I'm supposed to trust myself and my washing ability not to take the chicken tenderloin juices over to 90-10 split uh, ground beef. Dude, and those. Those corners. Ain't no way you're getting everything out of those corners in there. No. Like, I might as well flip it inside out and take it in the shower and pray that this swab two-for-one cleans anything that I needed to clean. Uh, according to the company, there are instances when you should just toss them, like when they've had raw meat, fish, eggs, allergy-triggering foods, or when something has spoiled inside. Basically, anytime it's a food safety issue, and in my opinion, they stop short of just saying, or really ever. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because anytime you think it could be kind of gross, or anytime it's a little discolored, or anytime it's above 68 degrees outside, or anytime the sun shines, or it's a day that ends in Y, maybe don't do that. <laughs> That's a long way to get to the joke, but I'm proud you did it. So let's take up Sunday. Did you put anything in zip top bags from the big game? Yes. Yes, uh, the Super Bowl pulled pork that we had. Oh, uh, uh, the big game pulled pork. Uh -huh, yeah. Ended up in a zip top bag. And then I dumped it out of that zip top bag into like a pan to reheat it because I like it reheated in the over the heat if I can versus the microwave and promptly threw that bag away because it was full of fat, you know, and pork juice. <laughs> and when I heated the whole mess up, didn't eat at all, and then put it back in like a Tupperware thing or a glass thing, I can't remember, but yeah. not back into a Ziploc bag. So Pyrex has saved the world, right? Yeah. Because now you can put a sandwich right. in a Pyrex, throw it into a container, and move on. I don't know who's using bags. My, my, I say that knowing my wife only <laughs> uses Ziploc bags. Really? Yeah. There only. is something, there's a weird threshold for me. Like, when we have a big gathering, like the Super Game Party, the Big Bowl, um, and there's a bunch of leftovers, straight to the Ziplocs. Right. But dinner every night, straight to, like, Tupperware, Pyrex, whatever we use. Was the plan to give some of that beef to yeah, your mom? that happens sometimes, too, with, with the giveaway situation, but that was not the case Sunday. Yeah, you don't want to give your Pyrex to somebody you're not going to see in the next couple of months. I need that right. two-cup Pyrex back. <laughs> and I'll tell you... Sometimes I'll do a Ziploc bag full of, like, chopped up lettuce or salad stuff, and then that'll come home in the cooler, and then sometimes I'll just fill it right back up with lettuce and stuff. If it ne nothing rotted or got slimy in it, then I'll just do that again. Yeah. I mean, I would say under 10% of the time am I reusing them.
Yeah, I'll throw it to the nuts at 410-584-100.7. Is there a way that you store things in the freezer that I could cut out bags altogether? Like, I know I'm wasting plastic yeah. and I feel bad about it, but I don't have a better solution uh, to freeze chicken for a couple weeks. And if you throw, have you ever gotten lazy and just thrown it in there with in the, like, styrofoam bottom with the saran wrap top thing? Yeah. It, it You might as well just, it, it's frostbit by the next morning. Right. And then you have to peel the chicken off of that gross pad thing underneath that sucks up all the chicken juice and then it splits it in half and you're like now i got the chicken juice thing stuck to my chicken and then you got that running under hot water and you're trying to peel it off oh and i think to myself why didn't i just take three minutes and put this in a ziploc bag before i put it in the freezer why was i so lazy every time i do it i regret it so that was ingrained into my brain early in life. My parents would come home from the grocery store and then they would buy the meats and they would take the meats out of the packets and put it right into, into a, the bag. Right into it's a bag. Smart. Especially ground beef because you can pack it nice and flat and then stack it in the freezer real neat instead of in that humpy arched, uh, you know, shape it's in, the meatloaf shape it's in <laughs> when you true. get it at the store. You have a bag of Tyson Any teasers and you put it right. on top of that meat, half the bag's on one side. <laughs> <laughs> The worst. Shooter in the morning.